This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is episode 59. We have not done a good enough job, um... Doing the uh, watch my junkets. What the posts about the ghost episodes? What's it called? Stories? Story time? What are you talking about? What do we call them? Listener stories. Listener stories. We need to do more social media about listener stories. So if you have a listener story, please reach out to us at skepskeppod on like most things. Um, Skeptical skeptics at gmail. Skeptical skeptics dot com. Etc. So, um, yeah, reach out to us. We need more listener stories. We'll put out more feelers out on what's it called? Social media. Also, um, if you haven't ever done a listener story before, we want everything. We want anything and everything that we talk about on this podcast is stuff that we would love to hear from you guys. So it can be ghosts or aliens or anything out of left field. Too is cool. Crazy stuff. Yeah, anything. We're just interested in all of it. So yep. send us whatever you want. Indeed. So... What's going on with you, Rach? Nothing. A whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, nothing. Um, oh, wait. We were all sick. We thought we had COVID and we don't. Yay. Yeah. We don't know what it was because it was horrible. It was horrible. And it went through our whole family. But And the doctors thought it was COVID, too. So they were surprised with the negative. Not COVID. So we didn't have to quarantine. Yeah. That was fun. Um, yeah. So instead, we're just spreading this other awful sickness. <laughs> we don't know. We stayed home. I know. We still quarantined. But still. Um, anyway. I assume you have no news, as per usual. Do you ever, like, once? I think the last time you contributed to the first part was back when we were doing the weird facts. No, I used to do the news. I you used did? to do some news. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember it. Um. Yeah, I don't have any news. The only news I have is sad news, so. Yeah. Happy Valentine's, as our five-year-old would say. And by five-year-old, he means himself. Art has been calling it that since I met him. I mean, it is the Valentine's. Okay, but that's not the word. I mean, I understand, but it's It's just... It's not Valentine's, though. It's in two days. Three days. Oh, yeah. Oh, RJ's birthday is on the 17th. Yeah. So, anybody who wants to... That's when this comes out. Send him... Oh, so today, anyone who wants to let him... Tell him happy birthday. Go ahead. He's old. I'm not that old. She's way older. I didn't say how old. I just said old. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm not way older. Don't make it seem like I'm a creep. I'm only a year older. and a half apart. I was in a cradle and you robbed oh me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like barely toddling around while you were in a cradle. Yeah. Yeah. Cradle robber. Okay. I couldn't. I probably couldn't even pick you up. You probably could have. I was a very small emaciated baby. I was a very small child. Fine. Baby wrestle. Right oh my now. gosh. <laughs> we go back in time. Um, all right. Anyway. So in the news. Two things. I've got two things. One is a single line on my notes, which is like by call viral video. And what that means in my own code to you is that um, last week I talked about Lake Baikal and the uh, alien encounter there. Well, there was a viral video of a uh, person that skis or skates or whatever on mm-hmm. ice lakes. And it was Lake Baikal. And there was like a bunch of cracking in the ice and it made this like weird sound that sounded like cosmic ship noises or whatever. All right. But anyway, that's like by call. So I just thought it was funny that after we talked about it, it went viral. Um, The real news, though, is there is this 
thing. I guess it's a blog post, but like the, you know, the tabloids are all picking it up and it's a very sensational, sensationalized headline. Uh, Pentagon admits it has UFO debris releases test results, right? So it starts off and it's it's an article by Anthony Bragaglia, which this dude's already sketchy because if you look him up, he goes by Anthony, Tony, Anton, like anything. So that, you know, just to kind of like sh- get you off of his case, I guess. Right, like, yeah. But uh, he's a shifty character. Um, but anyway, it says a stunning admission by the U.S. government that it possesses UFO debris was recently made in response to a Freedom of Information Act request filed over three years ago by this author anthony's talking about himself in a which by the way i love that he like does it like it's a press release he's writing on his own blog but whatever right i mean it worked about himself yeah people picked it up um it says in a reply letter the u.s defense intelligence agency or dia what uh has ended decades of speculation by verifying the ufo material has indeed been recovered now, you officially referred to as UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena, rather than UFOs. Some of this material was placed with a defense contractor for analysis and storage in, quote, specialized facilities, end quote. Incredibly, part of the information released uh, discusses materials with the shape recovery properties, much like the, quote, memory metal debris found fallen at the Roswell UFO crash in 1947. It refers to UFO slash UAP material and physical debris recovered and quote physical debris recovered by personnel of the Department of Defense as residue, floatsome, shot off material or crash UAPs or unidentified flying objects and quote. You know, here's the here's the <sighs> not supposed to curse anyone. Here, here's Just bleep the, it out. I will. Here's the crap of it, though. Um, this dude is such a whack. Jabroni. Um he is quoting himself whenever right. he says this. He quoted himself quoting himself. No, but no, the physical debris recovered by personnel or whatever. He's quoting his own Freedom of Information Act request. The the file that he put in. And so what he's saying is because they sent him these things, they are admitting that <laughs> what he said is the truth. Yeah. So anyway, um it's pretty whack. So if you read his request and then you read what they sent back, like there's some interesting stuff in here and I will go over it real quick. So there's extensive, uh, this is back to the article. Extensive reference is also made to the study and application of what tests called metamaterial, which is including some of this material that quote, can be used to slow down light or even bring light to a complete standstill may induce invisibility by manipulating refraction, reflectivity and increasing light absorption. The reports use terms like optical isolation and transparency. Um, it has interesting ability to compress uh, electromagnetic en- electromagnetic energy, exhibits a particular tunable resonance, which is likely determined during fabrication. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's some pretty incredible stuff. So it's a 154-page release that they gave back to him, five mm-hmm. different studies. None of them mention UFOs or UAPs. Of course they don't. What he's saying is because he requested of them to give him the stuff about materials from UFOs or UAPs, and then they then turned this stuff around, he's saying, oh, they're saying it's from UFOs. Yeah, right. So, and he even says this in his own article. He says, um, the information provided in the Freedom of Information Act response seems to represent reports that are directly relevant to what was learned from the study of the UFO debris and how insight gained from those studies might be applied in the future, but does not include detailing of the found debris itself. 
So it says, and I took a snip of his request and it says requester at a requester asked to be provided with an inventory list and all associated documentation of said material. Such documentation will include physical description of held material, source of origin of held material, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And none of that is in there. He even says himself, this is back to the article. Disappointingly, the reports do not include much of what was what was requested, (laughs) such as the physical description and the composition of the material, the origin of the material or whatever. I read a lot of this 150 pages. It's really interesting stuff. But to sensationalize the headline and make it like this is ridiculous and makes me upset. Anyway, Um, back to what we've talked about the last couple of weeks, though, the government has less than 180 days now to get us that classified report or declassified report report. So I'm excited about that. Are you, though? I am. I just think it's going to be a new way to find to see how they find loopholes. And. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think the thing about the report that I hold out hope for is that it will actually give us like an accurate snapshot of what they think is going on like they're not going to tell us what's going on right but they might give us like an inkling of what they are willing to say they think is going on which i think is important as well anyway, agreed um what are you talking about this week are you going first yep i thought you went first last week nope hmm. interesting i'm talking about um shinriko you had so much time to prepare. And I, you know what? I've tried it about 16 times. This is the best I got. Um, Shinrikyo. Shin, nope. Shinrikyo. Real close. Okay. I, that's probably still wrong, but that's the best I got. I'm talking about the Devil's Footprints, which do you remember when you did the Devil's Tramp- Tramping Ground? Yes. It was pretty similar. So back in the 8th of February, 1855, which was 161 years ago in three days, um... Around the X estuary in Devon, England, it was an extremely cold winter. So there were no thaws from January to March. Um, so each new layer of snowfall would fall on the previous layer and then refreeze. Right. Yeah. Perfect for capturing footprints. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, after a heavy snowfall on the night of the 8th of February, 1855, mysterious hoof marks appeared all over South and East Devon. The hoof marks were reported to be around four inches long three inches across and between eight and 16 inches apart in mostly a single file line. So unlike um, something that would be distinctly bipedal um, with a left and a right, left and a right. It was, it was like as if they were crossing their legs. Yeah. Um, I'm doing it with my hands and that's to benefit (laughs) you. Um, But it definitely wasn't four footed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Except for, you know, a cat can do that, but cats don't have a four inch long yeah, so they don't have hooves. And well, most that I have seen, they're not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so reports of the footprints came from around different thirty different locations in Devon, and the combined footprints had a reported length of guess how long? Like these these tracks were. How long? Guess. I don't know. Just take a guess. You know, I don't, I don't know. The panic on her face. <laughs> Like, I feel I feel called out. I feel stressed. This feels like a pop quiz. I don't like it. Just guess. I don't want to guess. It's in miles. Guess. Oh, no. Uh, how long they went on? Yes. 666 miles. <laughs> That's a good guess. No, way too long. 40 to 100 miles. This is why I don't like guessing. 666 well, miles. You, you, know you made long? it seem like it was going to be something satanic. 
That's why oh, you were like, guess true. how many miles? I thought it was going to be something specific that was satanic. But still, man, that's a huge amount Agreed. of miles. Agreed. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just, it's the only satanic number I could think of. You know, 66.6 probably would have been closer, but. All right. This is why I didn't, don't guess, because then I get hated on for no, it. No, fair enough. But between 40 and 100 miles. That's long. That is a long. It's not as awesome as mine, but it's long. It's not, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's mine it. makes it look pretty lame, I guess. Yours is like. I think, <laughs> man, 600 miles from here is like New Orleans. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it seemed like the creature left traces um, that could overcome any obstacle. So footprints were found over houses. What? Like going up the roof mm-hmm. of the house and then down the roof and then continuing. Um, stopping at the edge of a frozen riverbank or like one that was not even totally frozen was still wet right and then continuing on the other side of the riverbank um going over haystacks snow covered roofs i already mentioned that 14 foot high walls okay and also inside drain pipes and then uh well so here's a snippet from the news at the time so 160 years ago right quote it appears on thursday night last there was a very heavy snowfall in the neighborhood of exeter and in the south of devon on the following morning the inhabitants of the above towns were surprised at discovering the foot the footmarks of some strange and mysterious animal endowed with the power of ubiquity as the footprints were seen to be in all kinds of unaccountable places on tops of houses narrow walls in gardens and courtyards enclosed by high walls and palings as well as in open fields people were spooked this is uh end quote sorry People were spooked, particularly by the prince that appeared to stop right at the threshold of their homes. And many refused. Yeah. Many refused to leave their houses, convinced that the devil himself was roaming Devon looking for sinners. The footprints remained unexplained totally to this day. Um, But there are, you know, obviously some thoughts on what they could be. But the first written accounts of this phenomenon appeared in 1950 after a collection of documents belonging to Reverend H.T. Ellicombe. Uh, and Viker, the Viker of, uh, or Vicar, sorry, of Clist St. George uh, in the 1850s was discovered. These documents included his personal letters, some tracings of the footprints, and a letter to the Illustrated London News marked not for publication. And here's a part of the letter, quote, The marks which appeared in the snow, which lay very thinly on the ground at times, and which were seen on Friday morning to all appearances, were the perfect impression of a donkey's hoof, the length four inches by two and a half inches, But instead of progressing as that of an animal would have done, or indeed as any other would have, uh, feet right and left, it appeared that the foot had the foot had hollow foot uh, followed. The foot had followed foot in a single line. Okay. The distance from each tread being eight inches, or rather more. The foot marks in every parish being exactly the same size, and the steps the exact same length. The footprints were soon named the devil's footprints or tracks of Satan because of their shape and resemblance to the cloven foot. Some people started to really believe the devil himself made the footprints and people were scared for some time after the event and avoided venturing outside after midnight. Um, Yeah, so creepy, right? Yeah. 40 to 100 miles made the news. I mean, 160 years later, we're hearing about it. Mm, math. Yes. Okay. Um... So anyway, some thoughts on what it could be. Do you have any clue? Like. No, like nothing jumps to mind, right? What about something that would jump to mind like a kangaroo? A kangaroo in England? Oh, people thought it escaped a a private zoo, perhaps. 
but is it hopping on people's houses and, and over stopping at their doors? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so anyway, Mike Dash, a notable Welsh writer, historian and researcher, claims there was no single source of footprints. He suggests that at least some of the footprints were made by hopping rodents, which is a pretty solid theory. Uh, turns out there's a specific kind of rodent in England um, that jumps at about that length. And when they land, it's very, very common that this uh, rodent has been associated with making a cloven like mark. Um, they land one foot in front of the other, though. No, they're just jumping. So it's their whole body, but it would look like a little foot. Oh, you know what okay, I'm I got it. Yeah. But again, doesn't quite account for the house, the, the walls, etc. Yeah. And also 40 to 100 miles of a mouse. No way. Right. Yeah. Um, there was also uh, the British novelist Jeffrey Household had a different idea about the traces. Um, he believed that, quote, an experimental balloon was mistakenly released on the Devonport dockyard. And according to Jeffrey, the balloon had made traces in the snow by dragging two shackles attached to the end of its mooring ropes and household claimed that this was a true event, which he heard about from a man called major Carter, whose grandfather worked at the Devonport at the time. According to Carter, this incident had been covered up because the balloon damaged quite a few greenhouses and windows before it finally went down closer to Honiton. Um, I love this theory. I think that, that, that one's my favorite. That one's my favorite. Sure. An experimental balloon just careening across the landscape at 3 a.m. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense at all from the pattern, right? Um, it makes sense for the rooftops. It makes sense for even the gardens and some of the walls, but it just doesn't make sense from like the actual pattern because it would be a dragging. Yeah, it wouldn't like yeah. pop. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't be consistent, but at the same time. Not at all consistent. I mean, it was a really long time ago that they were. The consistencies of how well they measured things and how yeah, well but, everyone did things back so the, then. Wasn't yeah, but the interesting great. part is having the vicar of the church going out there and measuring it because he was obviously, in, you know, invested. I don't think he would mistake dragging more rings for this. Well, what I'm saying is like, obviously, there's a chance that if it was really windy, that it would like bob up and down, but it wouldn't be consistent. That's no, what I'm but, saying. Yeah, I but agree there's with a you. chance that they could always measure it wrong. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I if mean, you had I like, me out there, I like the theory, if you but had I doubt me it. out there in the snow measuring between whatever those things were, there's a high chance I'd just be like, I don't know. This is this much and this one's that much. Sure, they're the same. That's true. And then here's probably the most likely one. One other theory that has been suggested suggested is the whole fuss about the footprints was a case of mass hysteria uh, caused by people seeing very many animal tracks or other kind right, of tracks. Right, because they're not getting covered up and they're not they're not going away. Exactly. And so yeah. then doing it together. Um my sources, by the way, were Mental Floss and The Vintage News. Um, but I wanted to take it a step further because it was pretty short. Um, the whole devil's footprint thing is pretty common, uh, especially obviously in Christian cultures. So there's uh, three different places in New England that have devil's footprints. Um, and there's also one in uh, Germany. So um, the one in Germany is in 1468, architect Jörg von Halsbach, um went looking for money to build a new cathedral in Munich and ended up making a bargain with the devil. So the story goes, the devil would provide funds for the huge building on the condition that as a celebration of darkness, there would be no windows to let in light. When the building was complete, Von Helpick led the devil inside to survey his work and to show him that he had held up his end of the bargain. And although there was light, there seemed to be no windows. The devil was satisfied. And then he took one step further and there were columns that were blocking the view of the windows. And as he stepped forward through the columns, the windows opened up and in his fury at being tricked, he stamped his foot forever, marking the ground with his black footprint. And you can see this devil's footprint in the middle of this church still today in Munich. Um, oh, that's cool. 
It is, except for the fact that apparently it's a recreation of the footprint and no one knows what happened to the real footprint and mm. it's a tile out of place. Less cool. It's a tourist trap. Yeah. Um, so that, but it is pretty cool. <laughs> if you Google it, you can look at that. Uh, also in Maine, um, there's a rock uh, that apparently they needed to move for a project like this is pretty modern, right? Like a construction dude had to move it. Um, and he was heard kind of just moaning around the place. He was saying, oh, I would I would even sign a double with the or a contract with the devil to move this rock. It's immovable, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the dude went missing. Um, and then the next day, the rock was gone uh, out of the way of the job site. But where it was laid to rest, um, there was uh, engraved in it a hoof print and then two like men like man footprints as though the the devil it was like a contract or as something it was yeah. the contract and it is actually still at a cemetery in Maine today um and there are a lot of uh hauntings reported at that cemetery but you can go see that rock in Maine wow yeah that's a lot more cool than the german one i thought so um and then the last one is there's a rock in uh Massachusetts and it has like a footprint in it and people are like, oh, the devil was here, but it was just nothing. Anyway. Yeah. So that's pretty whack. But uh, yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah. My favorite theory is the kangaroo from a private zoo. Probably. I like the I like the balloon. I like the hot air balloon. Yeah. The experimental balloon. I like the the balloon mostly because then the guy could never like correct them. He's like, we can't own. We can't claim this. No, we 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 messed way too much stuff up. (laughs) People are just going to forever believe this was the devil. That's fine. (laughs) Which maybe the balloons are of the devil. (laughs) Also, anytime I hear in those stories where it's like some people refuse to come out of their their houses. It's like me. I'm some people. Yeah. Because if I opened a door and thought the devil's footprints were at my doorstep. mm -mm. No. (laughs) Yeah. Especially um, back then when, like, everything was the devil or a witch. Like, no thanks. I'm good. Well, yeah. And, I mean, especially if you heard, like, the whole town is in a ruckus and you're reading about it on the paper. Yeah, well, and, like, these are like, your friends and the people you care about. And that's your pastor or your whatever your he was vicar, called. Your yeah. vicar. Like, those are the people you trust. And yeah. they're all saying it, too. So you're like, I'll mess with the devil. Yeah, that's that. Um. Anyway, that was it. I liked it. Yeah, I think it ended up being okay. It was interesting. Yeah. It was you know, it's the stuff we talk about. Whether or not it was like actually believable, it's still the stuff we talk about. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. And this week, I don't think it'll be Rara Rasputin break. <laughs> oh. What? Yeah, that came out. You guys have heard that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Also, before Rachel starts, uh, we had a message from Emily. Um, and so, and well, and also Dustin, I know we've messed this up before. Zay, Z, I don't think you've ever corrected us, but Dustin, um, we did get y'all's uh, messages. Obviously, we answered you, but we just wanted to say um, we are going to get to uh, an- like, like utilizing the stuff you sent. But also from Emily's perspective, we're going to send you a bunch of questions um, about what you shared in a preparation for the well, it's because it's for the listener story. So I don't want to give up what Emily is about. Yes, we will. We will message you back about this, Emily. Anyway, that's what we'll say. Yeah. RJ's making this very complicated. I am. Anyway, also um, shout out to. Uh, KG Whittington, of course, Bozo Mercy, of course, like like normal. Uh, we also had Hannah Iverson and uh, Jeff Cutshaw and bunch of hold on there was another one oh sage ella said pearson 
uh, we just answered yours while recording this. So that was fun. Um, but anyway, thank you all for reaching out. Yeah, and sorry, we aren't like the last six episodes we did. No one was talking to us because we weren't out yet. Yeah, because so. we were we, <laughs> we were recording were a little in rusty advance. On call outs. Yeah, yeah, we were recording in advance. So uh, the stuff that y'all have sent us in the last three or four weeks, those episodes were already recorded, so we couldn't go back and throw some call outs in. But anyway, um, Rachel, you're up. All right. So I'm going to be talking about, and I, okay, I just, I say this every time that I do this, but just in case you're new or you forgot or whatever, please don't be offended by my terrible pronunciation of words. I'm not good at them in my own language and I'm worse at them in a different language. Sorry, RJ's doing strange things. It's distracting me. Are no, you done I'm, now? I'm just trying to get comfortable. Are man. you done? Yeah. Anyways, I would like to, I'm apologizing I'm in advance. I'm apologizing in advance for my terrible pronunciation this of words. Japanese. Yes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. So, um, on Shinrikyu. No, that's not how I said it last time. <laughs> um. No, um. And then Shinrikyo. I think that's what it is. Um, Shinrikyo. Okay. Uh, was a cult founded in 1984 by a man named Shoko As- Asahara. Um, so Shoko Asahara at the time was living in a tiny little one bedroom apartment. He started what was called a yoga and meditation class. Um, it was called Omu Shinzen no Kai, which is basically, uh, translated to, um, immortal mountain wizard association. So, you know, that was not going somewhere weird or anything. (laughs) That is single handedly the coolest association I've ever heard of. It won't be. Anyways, um, <laughs> narrator. But also, like, you know that, like, if you were like, "Hey, I want to yo- do yoga and meditate," and they're like, "You want to join the Immortal Mountain Wizard Association?" You'd you're be like, like, "Yeah, yeah." But you'd be like, "I was just looking to yo- do yoga and meditate." <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm here for all of that. Anyways, so over time, it it joined a. Uh, I mean, it got a big following, and. I'm assuming this was the goal in the first place. Over everything I've read, nothing really said this, mostly because Asahara has never um, spoken much about his intentions or what happened or pretty much anything about any of this situation. So it's kind of hard to know what his goals were. But uh, by 1989, so five years later, it was... it gained the official status of a religious organization. So clearly, I'm assuming that was the goal of what he wanted in the first place. He started it out with yoga and meditation with this crazy ass name. And then it rolled into a religion. Um, it gained the title of religion for the elite because it attracted many graduates from uh, some of the most elite universities in Japan. Uh, so the beliefs were um, Asahara basically took the practices from a few different religions, mainly early in Indian Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, pretty much he was just trying to get away from Japanese Buddhism is what they were. They mostly talked about um, many, uh, many who were Buddhist didn't like the connection between that, that religious group and the actual religion. But uh, Asahara basically tagged himself onto that and just said, we're an offshoot of Buddhism, even though there were very many other things. Um, he also took the ideas from Christianity, yoga, and the writings of Nostr- Nostradamus. Um, he uh, published a book on the teachings of his religion. I mean, if you, you can go through this and like, you know, that like 
test. That's the, is it a cult? And these are like, this is like, follows Classic. Perfect. Um, So he makes a book. In the book, he referred to himself as Christ and the Lamb of God. He claimed that he had spiritual power that he could transfer to his followers and take away their sins. He also stated that his mission on the world was to take the sins of everyone upon himself and also to, um, to live on and continue to do this. Basically be Jesus, like just never die. So he essentially just looked at all these really successful things and was like, yeah, I am this too. And, well, and also he's like, I have no original ideas. Yeah. I'm going to take it from you, 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 and then I'm going to make my own. Just plagiarism at its finest. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so Asahara also claimed, here we go, that there would be a third world war that would be instigated by the U.S. And he called it, quote, nuclear Armageddon, end quote. Um, Probably, everyone, I mean, a safe bet at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also it was easy for, I think it was easy for people of other countries to look at us and be like. Well, especially the Japanese country. Yes, yes. right. Um, but of course, so of course this would cause, you know, the whole world to an apocalypse, the whole world to be over because what cult doesn't preach that? Um, but of course, if you were part of um, then you'd be saved. But only the elite could be part of um, only elite could be saved. That's. Well, that's classic cult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, according to him, the Armageddon would happen sometime in 1997. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Um, yeah. Anyways, so uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> that didn't, that didn't spoiler happen. alert, it's going to happen in 2021. I would have died when I was six otherwise. Um, also, I was four because she's an- old and Clinton Cradle Robber. Oh, my gosh. Here's another one that's. Classic. There were three tiers in their religion, marked by three different levels of initiation. Once you reach the third tier, is the third tier sex? They did not say that oh, it's sex. It was sex. <laughs> um, but it does mean that you can live. They had uh, compounds, and that once you've reached the third tier, that's when you can move into the compound. Which I thought of, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, "That's a great incentive because you would come to this worship." And be surrounded by all these people who get to all be together, which is obviously a huge, huge um, draw. Like, what's the word I'm Selling thinking point. of? Selling point mm-hmm. of cults is that you have this community. Yep. But the only way you get to be in that a community. Fam- a familial replacement. Yeah. Right. But you'll always feel like a little bit outside of that community. Until you're Until really you're there. Yeah. And also, of course, it was money. <clears throat> because when is it not money? Um, at their start. Sex and money. Oh, it's always sex, sex and money. Sex and money. Yes. At their start. Um, I like saying it because it sounds like I'm saying um. Um, was pretty inconspicuous. Um, they did worship. They had their little communities and then they would create comics and cartoons to persuade people to join their movement, which again, recruitment, huge. Um, they even have an anime recruitment video and a theme song, which you're going to watch now because it's amazing. Not the recruitment video. It's too long. It's like 10 minutes and it's in Japanese, but look it up. It's people at home. Please watch this video. It is like anime. Like it, you feel like you're watching an anime, like like a 1980s anime, but still an anime. So what do you think? They look ridiculous. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought the production value was great until at the end they showed the real guy and it made me upset. <laughs> but but like the amount of money and time they put into this is like. Yeah, it must have been pretty clear. epic at the time. Yeah. yeah. So clearly, obviously, also they had a lot of money, mm-hmm. which is what that shows. Um so they also had a few magazines and uh, that they would pass out to people, of course, little pamphlets, all that stuff. Um, the people of uh, the religion called their recruitment activities, quote, the Am Salvation Plan, end quote. Salvation. Just, there's another one of those words. Um, 
So in these videos, comics, and magazines, they claimed that if you joined, you could, quote, cure physical illness with health improvement techniques, realize life goals by improving intelligence and positive thinking, and concentrating on what is important, end quote. None of that is unrealistic. I read that and I was like... No, this is just a Facebook group. They're yeah, just, they were well, this, ahead of their yeah, time. Yeah, this is just like, hey, you want to do these things, but like in a real... Like, it wasn't like, we can cure physical illness with magic. Yeah. It's like, no, you should no, no, no. eat better. Yeah. Work try, out. Try a little harder. Yeah. Maybe like, some good stuff will happen. All right. I, I can't fault him on that one. Yeah. Um, Asahara seemed, like I said before, to really focus on the more educated and elite people in Japan who weren't attracted to traditional sermons. They were just bored of what they had and looking for new things or trying to, you know, step away from what their parents had, those kind of things. Um, specifically, he focused on um, chemists, physicists, and engineers, which is, you'll see why that's important. Um, through all these efforts, it became one of the fastest growing religions, religious groups. I love how not a single time in this actually does it say the word religion. Religious group or cult. Those are the only words um, in all of Japan. At its peak, the cult claimed to have 40,000 members nationwide. Most of those people Dang. were most of those people were in Russia. Um, <laughs> I, it it okay. just spanned. I don't I don't. Yeah. Uh, many of whom lived in the compounds and they had over 120 facilities. Jeez. Um, mostly in Japan. So in the late 1980s, shocker, there was some controversy based on claims from some of the members of the cult. Um, they were accused of deceiving their recruits, holding members against their will, forcing money members to donate money, and even claims of murdering a member who tried to leave in February of 1989, but there wasn't any proof. Um, it's also believed that in their initiation rituals, uh, recruits were given hallucin hallucinogens and LD LSD without their knowledge. Some others claimed uh, that what was deemed as, quote, yoga practices was actually torture, like being hung up by upside down for per long periods of time and shock therapy. Um, they would also use, they had, they had doctors who were members and they would get these doctors to, um, dope up some of the patients in their hospitals and then do experiments on them while they were out. Uh, I'm uh, Sumi Sakamoto was an anti-cult lawyer, um, that many of those people had obviously went to him. And so he was threatening a lawsuit against them that could cause them to go bankrupt. In October 1989, the cult and Sakamoto tried to negotiate, but it failed. The following month, Sakamoto and his family uh, were missing from their home. And it wasn't until 1995, so it was 1989, 1995, that their bodies were found and it was deemed that they had been murdered by cult members. Jeez. Yeah. Um, allegedly, the cult also had an assassin assassination list of people who were critical of it. The list included um, the heads of the Buddhist sects. It also included a man named Yoshinori Kobayashi. Um, he was a cartoonist who would begin making unflattering cartoons about the cult. In 1993, there was an assassination attempt on his life, but it failed. They never were able to pin down who did it. Um, in July of 1993, the cult attempted to cause an anthrax epidemic by spraying large amounts of liquid containing baculus anthraxis spores from the roof of their Tokyo headquarters. It didn't do that. People in the area just complained of a really bad smell. <laughs> it smells like pandemic out here. <laughs> like everybody was totally fine, but it's just like, oh. Um, at the end of 1993, the cult started manufacturing the nerve agents sarin and VX gas. You know what those are? Uh, yeah, I know sarin gas. Yeah, so sarin is a colorless, odorless liquid that is a nerve agent. Any exposure um, will most likely kill you due to suffocation from respiratory paralysis, unless you get an antidote of some kind. Um, it can take anywhere from one to ten minutes to kill you, which just sounds 
horrendous. Um, and then VX gas is another nerve agent that it basically does the same thing. It's just in a different way, but it does the same. I tried, I really tried to find out the different way, but it was a whole lot of chemical words that I don't know what are. Um, this one. <laughs> they also attempted to manufacture a thousand automatic rifles, but only made one. Fell a little short there. Yeah. Um, Asahara wanted the group to be self-sufficient in manufacturing AK-74s. Um, and the way that they had actually uh, smuggled one secretly into Japan in order to study it, but somehow only made one. I mean, it's still pretty impressive. Yeah, you made a gun, but like, how could you not how could you not replicate it? If you could make one, why couldn't you make more? Yeah, they're pretty simple, too. It's very confusing. So um, on the night of June 27th, 1994, the cult carried out a chemical weapons attack against civilians where they released sarin in Matsumoto, Nagano. Um, with the help of a basically a converted refrigerator truck, members of the cult released a cloud of sarin, which floated near the homes of judges who were overseeing a lawsuit concerning a real estate dispute, which was predicted to go against the cult. Um, this incident killed eight and harmed 500 oh, people. Dang. Mm -hmm. Wow. Police investigations uh, only focused on an innocent local resident, Yoshiyuki Kona, and failed to implicate the cult at the time. Poor guy. Just like, what? I didn't do this. <laughs> and that's all they cared about was that. And once they were with that guy, they were like, we got nothing no, else. We're out, out we're, of weeds. I've tried one thing and I'm out of ideas. Yep. Um, by the way, the, okay, so just to pause really fast. I saw, I saw this funny thing that someone was like, I have a hard time reading, listening to true crime podcasts because I feel like sometimes they really like over dignify the police. And then someone else was like, I think after doing a true, true, true crime podcast, all it's really taught me is that like, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, when they do, it doesn't make a very interesting story. Yeah. Though. But well. the stories that we do read, it's like, Ooh. huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Um, on December 12th of 1994, one of the members of Om who Asahara suspected was a spy was attacked on the streets of Osaka. VX was sprinkled onto his neck. He chased after the perpetrator, um, but then eventually collapsed, went into a coma, and died 10 days later. He was the first official victim of VX gas ever since they created it. Um, doctors, when he went to the hospital, thought that he'd just been poisoned by a pesticide. So they never yeah, attempted to find sense. anybody because yeah. it has the same kind of qualities as a lot of pesticides. Um, in, in February of 1995, several cult members kidnapped Kiyoshi Kurt. Korea, a 69-year-old brother of a member who had escaped from a Tokyo street and took him to a compound um, near Mount Fuji, where he was killed. His corpse was destroyed in a microwave-powered incinerator, and the remnants disposed of in Lake Kawaguchi. This, again, how do they have this microwave-powered incinerator? Like, they had really powerful people who had lots of money. Um, before Korea, Korea was abducted, he had been receiving threatening phone calls demanding to know the whereabouts of his sister, and he had left a note saying, quote, if I disappear, I was abducted by Am um, Shinrikyo. No, I said it wrong again. <laughs> That's why I keep avoiding the last word. <laughs> Shinrikyo. Rikyo. <laughs> End quote. Okay. On March 20th of 1995, Am um members released a binary chemical weapon similar to Sarin, so this one's like, sorry, this one, I'm going to, this one's the big deal. This is the one that like finally caused everyone to be like, oh, they're bad. Um, I mean, I would have thought it was the super soakers of anthrax at the top of the building. Right. Today. Well, nobody cared because it just was smelly. <laughs> it just smelled bad. Um, 
Why so, would I want a fart gun? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, so I'm going to start that over. So on March 20th of 1995, um, members released a binary chemical weapon similar to sarin on five trains in, to- in the Tokyo subway system. All the- And it went off at the exact same time. Like they had five different people. Oh, okay. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. The attack killed 11 people and seriously injured 54, uh, but it affected many more. Uh, some claim somewhere close to 6,000. Um, it's believed that Om set off this attack because Asahara was tipped off that the police were planning on raiding the cult's facilities, so he did this to divert them. Great plan, buddy. Solid. I don't, it's I don't, a bold strategy, guys. I'm just not sure what the goal was here. Um, as suspected, the plan backfired and instead caused the police to not only raid, like, the main compound, but raid, like, every single yeah. compound. Um, over the next week, the full scale of Om's activities was revealed for the first time. At the cult's headquarters, police found explosives, chemical weapons, and a Russian Mil M-17 military helicopter. Um, while the findings of bio- biological warfare agents such as anthrax and Ebola cultures were reported, uh, they're not sure if that's actually how exaggerated that was. There were also stockpiles of chemicals that could be used for producing enough sarin to kill 4 million people. Police also found labs to manufacture drugs such as LSD, methamphetamines, and a crude form of truth serum. Um, Also, a safe containing millions of U.S. dollars in cash and gold and cells, many still containing prisoners. During the raids, um, Om issued statements claiming that the chemicals were for fertilizers. Yeah. Why did you people in cells then? Anyways, uh, so during all this, no one's been taken yet, really. Like, some have, but no one big. Um, so on the 30th of March, 1995, Takaji Kunamatsu, um, the chief of the National Police Agency, was shot four times near his house in Tokyo and was seriously wounded. While many suspect um, no one was ever charged. On May 5th, a burning paper bag was discovered in a toilet of Tokyo's subway systems. Upon examination, it was revealed that it was a hydrogen cyanide device, which, had it not been extinguished in time, would have released enough gas into the ventilation system to potentially kill 10,000 commuters. Um, And then also on July 4th, several undetonated cyanide devices were found at other locations in the Tokyo subways. Again, no actual proof, but so you think this is just are you or you may get to this. Um, the Armageddon wasn't coming quick enough, so they wanted to bring it about. The only thing that I've seen in any way explaining, because, again, there wasn't much. Um, was he was not just him, but obviously also any of the higher ups with him were aggressive, violent, hateful people who just wanted something to like a reason to do it, who just wanted some kind of um, the, Oh, I, th- there was one thing that was basically like um, people, if people weren't going to accept it, they didn't deserve to live. So okay. I think that was probably how they convinced the followers. But I think the initial was just, just hateful. I just want to do bad things. Let me have, have a good reason. Yeah. Okay. And I got, yeah, the money well, I and mean, the whatever. backing. Good, good reason as, as any, I guess. Yeah. So over the next six weeks after the attacks on the subway, over 150 arrests were made of OM members, but none of those arrests were of any of the actual leaders, um, including Asahara, because most of them had gone into hiding or they didn't have enough evidence against them. Against them. So on May 16th, Asahara was finally found hiding within a wall of one of his cult buildings um, and was arrested. On the same day, the cult mailed a parcel bomb to the office of Yuko Ashima, the governor of Tokyo, blowing off the fingers of his secretary's hand. 
Asahara was initially charged with 23 counts of murder and 16 other offenses. The trial dubbed, quote, the trial of the century, end quote, by the press, ruled Asahara guilty of masterminding the attack and sentenced him to death. A number of senior members accused of participation also received death sentences. So that was, when was that? That was May 16th was when he was taken in. So obviously the, that wasn't, it didn't happen for probably many months afterwards. But on July 6th of 2018, Asahara and six other members were executed by hanging. Dang, by hanging? Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah, they didn't mess around. <laughs> wow. They were like, done with you. Jeez, didn't even give him sarin. No. Worst way possible. Um, isn't it? It's not, one of, it's not the worst if it's but done well. why don't well. we do it anymore then? Well, it's not good. I'll tell you <laughs> that much. I mean, obviously, lethal injection is like the better, yeah. best, I yeah. guess. How do we know this? We, Everyone who happens to is dead. How do we know? As they're going. Hey, can you rate, your, <laughs> rate from one to ten? Dang it, another one. <laughs> they just hold up the sign in front of This is horrible. We, no, shouldn't, make, I, we shouldn't make jokes. People die. It's not funny. Okay. On, um, so you gave back, him the wrong form. You gave him your Uber driver <laughs> feedback. Dang it. <laughs> so back in time, back in 1995, after they got sentenced, um, on October 10th, 1995, um, Shin Rikyo was stripped of its status as a religious organization and (laughs) shocking and declared bankruptcy in 1996. But because of freedom of religion, the group itself decently remained intact, renaming itself a leaf in February, 2000. That's when the official a leaf, a L E P H. Oh, okay. Um, It also accounted to a change to its doctrine which I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, And the group issued an apology as well as started a fund for any of the victims from the Sarin subway attack. Um, In 1999, one of the only leaders who did not face serious charges, Fumahiro Joyu, uh, became the head of the organization. Why you would want to become the head of this thing blows my mind. Um, But sure. So in 2005, it was reported the cult had 1,650 members. So went from 40,000 to 1,650. So a lot. Um, Amshin Rikyo has been formally named a terrorist organization, according to Russia, Canada, Kazakh- yeah. Kazakhstan, and, Kazakhstan. Uh, and the U.S., yeah. obviously. Clearly, it should be. Um, although they have attempted to like, prove... Why, why are you still a part of this religion? Well, you know, we had a rough start, <laughs> but the potlucks, <laughs> they're just so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm confused as to... And, like, the guy... The Fuma Hero guy, like, you want your name attached to that? Uh, yeah, to Cause, jump into well, that Well, because it's not well. like, it's one thing if he was, like, stepped up and was like, everyone else is gone, I'll and become. He, like, then he, like, no, like yeah. No, but, like, you were part of the bad stuff, too. Yeah. You just never got called out for Somehow. it. Somehow, yeah. Anyways, um, so if you actually look at some of the, like, if I guess they were, they saw the, like, what are they called? The outer space photos. Satellite. Yes, of the compounds, and there's like graffiti all over the outside. There's almost always protesters standing outside of it, straight just trying to be like, "Hey guys, this you're awful. This is whack. Please go home." Um, and then his his ashes were given. Asahara's ashes were given to his daughter, and she was quoted saying, "Like, can we bury this? Can we like? Can we be done? Because this was horrible." And yet they're still kicking. Well, you know, hey. only murdered a bunch of people, and well, and the worst part is it's like. I mean, it was between, it was from, I mean, it technically started in 1984, right? But like as a religious organization, 1989 to 1995, before we actually started paying any attention to them. 
So what all were they doing? Yeah. It's crazy. That's nuts. Well. You're just saying the things they can you can get away with in the name of religion. A religion, yeah. yeah. Cool. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought so. I liked reading about it. And by liked, I mean, it was sad, but it was super interesting. It was. A uh, special shout out, Sage, to your husband, which you did not name in your comment, and your eight-year-old Oakley. Oakley, we started bleeping out our <laughs> curse words because of listeners like you. So, um, hello. And sorry for the distraughtness we caused by disappearing a few months ago. Anyway, um, yeah. Good episode. Yeah, it was. Sure. Sure. I haven't walked away from many episodes thinking they weren't decent. There were a couple. But, <laughs> but yeah, we've had a few. <laughs> All right. Um, everybody have a good week. Yep. Bye. Bye. anything about it. Also, that's the horrible noises you make when you sleep, by the way. I know. How do you know? You're asleep. Yeah, but I'm aware. What? I'm always aware. <laughs> make any sense. Are you Charlie to. Sheen now? Yeah, I don't sleep. I wait. Alright. Ready? Sure. Action! <laughs> What's wrong with that? Action! Ready? Action! <laughs> Stop! Why are you such a wiggly woman? I'm trying to get comfortable on the little pedestal thing. What's it called for your feet? You know. What's it called? Foot rest. Yeah, that one. Action! <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>